0: Business Women Rock, episode 44. Ladies, it's time to rock. Welcome to the Business Women Rock Podcast, where we get down and dirty with the world's most incredible businesswomen. Inspire your journey by listening to theirs. And now, here's your host, Katie Kremitzos. What's up, ladies? I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to the Business Women Rock podcast. The BWR Connect, which is our private Facebook group, is totally buzzing with excitement right now. So I would love for you to be a part of it. Go on there. All you have to do is go to bizwomenrock.com Go put your information in the opt in, and it's going to give you the very easy step by step on how to join the group, how to get accepted into the group, and how to just start interacting with women from all over the globe. There is such value that every single one of you brings to the table. And it's amazing what happens once you guys start interacting. So go sign up, get part of the group. I'd love to see you in there. All right. You know what day it is: it's Business Women Wednesday. Here's the deal. The reason why we shine the light on incredible women who are part of our Business Women Rock community is because the community itself is amazing and you and every other woman who's a part of this community is just totally kicking butt out there. So this is my little time to be able to just tell you how much I love you how much I believe in what you're doing. I don't care where you are in your business journey. The fact that you're here and you're listening to these stories every single Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and the fact that you're part of this community just tells me that you are on fire and wanting to just continue going places. And I honor you for that. So with that, I want to honor one particular woman who's a part of our Business Women Rock community, Carla White. And Carla is an independent app producer and she absolutely loves marrying practical psychology and mobile technology. The very first app that she created was called Gratitude Journal. She created it in 2008 and it instantly shot up to number one and was really big in the news. Um, All of her apps really thrive on the top lists in iTunes and are constantly being featured on USA Today, Oprah, NPR, Lifehacker, and a ton of other publications. So Carla, I really just want to honor you. You're doing amazing things out there. Keep on putting really great technology out there in the space that, you know, always brings value to people. So tip of the hat to you, girl. You are amazing. If you would like to be featured as our Business Women Wednesday, all you have to do is go to bizwomenrock.com, click on the Business Women Wednesday logo, and it will lead you directly to an application to fill out. And now on with the show. My guest today is Becky McKinnell, who's the founder of Creative. I bet creative is a website build out firm, and they do websites, they do graphic design, they do marketing. And they're just really wonderful and creative. Becky herself has an art degree and a sort of a past and a history in art. And she's brought that together to be able to service clients for their graphic art needs, um, specifically with their websites. Now. You can argue that website builders are everywhere, and these graphic marketing companies are everywhere, and that's the truth. So my conversation with Becky will really reveal why she distinguishes herself and why she really stands out above the rest and has built a million-dollar company. She is very insightful, very savvy, and does such a great job in sharing with us some real actionable things that she implements in her business, some tools, some strategies, um, processes that she implements in order to have built her company this far and in order to get her to where she wants to go next. You're going to really enjoy this. I highly recommend if you happen to be in an area that you're sitting down, please get out your notepad, take some notes or make a mental memory or, you know, stop your iPhone whenever (laughs) you hear it because she's got some really good takeaways that you can now go use in your business. So turn up the volume. The interview starts now. Becky, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me, Katie. I'm really excited to be here amongst all these other really cool women business owners.
0: Oh, well, thank you. We have been very, very lucky in the fact that we've had so many amazing guests, and I love sharing their stories, which is why I'm here to share yours, because you have an amazing one. And I have to tell you, you know, I came to the entrepreneurial game very, what I consider late in life. I know that there are others who came later in life than me, but... I was really I think I was like 22 and I even first heard the word entrepreneur <laughs> and <laughs> at 22 years old and you know now 35 years old now you know I'm I'm definitely you know knee deep in entrepreneurialism and business but when you were 22 years old, you were just getting out of college and starting your entrepreneurial career. So I want to start there and ask how you like, how did you get bit by the business bug? And what was your frame of mind? Like, what were you thinking? And what were you doing when you had just graduated college?
1: Yeah, it's, it's really just, I definitely had a snowball effect. Um, You know, I didn't just start out with a, a big successful company, or it was a journey. I would say I've had a lot of career aspirations when I was younger. I wanted to be a doctor and I wanted to be, I used to want to own a, a salon. And then I started realizing, you know, all my life I've really loved art. And it's always been a hobby of mine, whether it's painting or drawing or doing something creative with paper. And I decided that for school when I was in college, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, that I would try to find a way to work both art and business into my future career. So I went to University of Southern Maine where they have this program called art, art and Entrepreneurial Studies. And when I was there, most of my classes were in the art department and I taught myself a lot of computer design and programming and then had some business classes. And it was really my capstone course of my senior year, which was an entrepreneurial class. And our assignment was to write a business plan for a company. And in the meantime, during college, over a few summers, I had an internship at a design studio in Massachusetts, which is where I'm originally from. And I decided, you know what, I'd love to take this as an opportunity and really think about what it would be like to build a business for a web design company in Maine. So during that school year, I kind of had a unique experience writing my business plan. So I would because I was in school. So I had deadlines. Whether or not I felt like writing it, I I had to write it. So
0: that's really great. You kind of had like a forced structure for it, right?
1: Yeah. My professors were there to give me advice and point me in right directions. Like the small business development centers helped me a lot with like my cash flow projections and accounting, which if you only have one college class in accounting, it really doesn't teach you how to run the financials of a business. But I just felt like when I graduated that I had enough experience, I had very little experience, but I felt like I had enough to be dangerous and take a risk and I had a couple of opportunities for other jobs and I just decided, you know, I'm going to start this business and initially my focus was on doctors because i realized that there were so many web design and advertising agencies and freelancers that do web design that i thought that i would only be able to succeed if i had a really specific niche and that was that's what i did when i graduated i officially opened our doors and started calling doctors offices to see if they needed websites
0: wow so you were really cold calling them
1: I was. That's what I said in my business plan, and it was it was just a horrible experience. I had no sales <laughs> trading, and I I probably sounded like I was fifteen years old on the phone, and I just didn't know what I was getting into. But it's kind of like in that do or die moment where, if you want to try to see what if your business is going to work, you just got to do things that you're uncomfortable with, and this whole system for myself for when I would follow up with people and when I would send them packets and. I ended up calling like 300 offices over and over, and I, I think I got one client out of it. So it, it was something, but definitely not a good close rate.
0: Wow. Was that one client, your very first client?
1: Yeah, they were.
0: Wow. So tell us about that experience because, you know, here you were completely fresh. You you know what's interesting to me is like I, there are so many women who are guests on this show who – it's an it's an interesting split like a good portion of them will say hey katie like i didn't i didn't even start with a business model like i just kind of like put one foot in front of the other and figured it out along the way and then we have this other contingency of people who had the business plan and and kind of had this plan and then started executing it But on top of that, I mean, you were so young and so fresh into the business industry as a whole. So you were just, you had this plan and you were executing, which was great. But what was it like once you actually got your very first client? Like, what did you, what lessons did you learn in that?
1: Well, you know, everything was, was, was new and it was the first time that I was doing things, so I would really need to build up my confidence going in And because obviously I wouldn't want my prospective client to know how inexperienced I was. So one of the things that I did was I built up my portfolio using imaginary clients just so that I could show that I could do all these logo designs and websites and branding materials for a practice so that they could visualize you know, what I could potentially do for their practice. And that helped because in my industry, that the work speaks for itself, and that's really what helps sell you along with how you communicate with your clients. So I had that as my tool, and then another silly thing that I used to do is, I used to say in my head, "I'm 26 years old," because I just thought if I was 26, I would be so much older than 22 or 23. And that was the- <laughs> enough to like pretend that I was older, that I would look like what I was doing more. And then I would get like my, my blazer and my nice pants and <laughs> try to dress up.
0: That's great. I love it. And you chose 26, not like, you know, 40 or anything like that. I
1: thought it could believably maybe be 26. so.
0: That's really funny. So you were going, you got your first client, you were practicing kind of the, you know, the, the model of how to interact with this client. I'm assuming that cold calling did not last for long. So, what other kind of sales and marketing tactics did you end up implementing after that that ended up get, building up your clientele?
1: Yeah, it was it was really interesting. I mean, I don't I don't regret doing the cold calling because I think it you know it definitely toughened me up. It was something for me to do when I didn't have any clients in the beginning. But probably I would say about three months into the business, I decided this is not going to work um, <laughs> if I continue to do this. So. I was actually in a business incubator when I started. So what that means is that there are other startup companies with you where you have a place to go to work every day that's outside of your apartment or home where you can be with other business owners. And they knew that I could do, help them with their branding and website. So since I wasn't getting a lot of revenue from my medical clients, I started taking on small business clients and other nonprofits. And that's really when I saw things take off because once i would do a good job for them they would tell their friends and then all of a sudden my portfolio was getting bigger and it just kind of had a spider web effect for where our other connections went
0: because you started in the niche of medical i mean you had your brand was was made for that niche and now you were discovering that you were actually doing work for a lot of people outside of this niche and being recommended around can you can you give everyone a little bit of a an idea of what it was like to do that rebranding and what did that mean to you?
1: Yeah, it was really, you know, it was hard because I I put so much effort into this business plan and I done all this research about the need and, you know, I still believe that there's a need for doctors offices to have better branding, but I had to just go where the revenue was going and if, if I wanted to, to succeed, which I did. And so I just started off by coming up with what my new name was and that was IBAC and I, I had so many small business clients at the time that it was almost, it, it became awkward where they would say, Oh, you should call Becky. She has this company, MediCreative. They do doctor's websites, but she'll help you out with your website. So it was a very welcome change to switch over to IBAC and really didn't have that much pushback.
0: So walk us through exactly what your business model is. Tell us about the services that you offer, any products that you might offer. How is your business generating revenue? Give us that overview.
1: Sure. So most clients come to us because they're looking for a new website. So they've had an existing website and they've either had challenges with their web development company or they're not being found on search engines or they're not getting the leads that they like from their website or the design is just really ugly and they're looking for a change so that's where our initial entry point is with the new business and once we've overhauled their website we do all custom websites that are mobile friendly and everything's made here right in-house so we have a very systematic process it's it's systematic but it's also really custom because each business is different that we really work with our clients to make sure that the website that we're coming up with really represents their business and is going to help grow their business moving forward. And then after it launches, we're there for them for technical updates that they need. And we also have digital marketing programs where we're helping them with their social media accounts and search engine optimization so that their website continues to stay fresh.
0: So it's really a service heavy company service for the the website creation, the maintenance uh services as well as any of the the marketing needs that they have.
1: Yes, definitely. Got- it's all about our team and our expertise and our hours.
0: Actually, the question I want to ask is there are a lot of website development, you know, branding, graphic companies out there. How did you really, and how do you still make a niche for yourself in the marketplace? How do you differentiate yourself?
1: Yeah, it's been, you know, we've gone through different phases as, as we've grown and, you know, our, our competitors change as we grow. And I think really at the end of the day, things that I stay true to one, it's so simple, but I think just being a nice person goes a really long way. Like I, I would say that I'm a nice person I also hire nice people and when different companies are looking to hire someone for their web company. They're really looking for a partner and someone that they get along with. And I just, I think we have great people. It's work is work, but if you can be around people that you like and are positive and are smart, makes it all that more fun. Also, the other thing is really being able to do everything in-house. A lot of advertising agencies and or either advertising agencies or freelancers have to pull in a team from different companies to get to the end product. And everyone here is we're all in the same office and it just really leads to a lot of collaboration and better communication that results in a better website at the end of the day.
0: Well, that leads me to the exact question about your team and about building your team. You, you now have a team of about 16 people can you can you give a little bit of an insight of what it was like to hire your very first person and maybe some of the evolutions that you've gone through as the leader and the builder of this team?
1: Sure, yeah, it was it was really daunting, you know, thinking about hiring people and I I took a lot of baby steps. The first step that I took was um working with contractors or subcontractors. In the beginning, it was me doing everything, the design and the sales and the programming. And I realized that programming was my, what I was least valuable at. So I started working with one contractor um, where I would have him code all the designs that I did. And that gave me kind of my first chance to work with other people and not have a fixed payroll that I was looking at every month. It was based on my project budget, so I knew that I would still be profitable from it. And then the next thing that happened was this was probably a year into the business. and I had an intern approach me saying that they needed to work 40 hours a week for a month for school credit, and they wanted to work at a web design company. And so at that time, I was thinking, how could I ever keep someone busy doing work? Like, we, I don't think we have that much work to do, but I figured it was a good time to take a risk, and Andy started and that was definitely a light bulb moment for me, like just having someone in the office where we could collaborate on designs and I could you know, send him updates to make. And I just got so used to having him around that I hired him for the rest of the summer. And then when he left, that's where I onboarded my first full-time employee with all the benefits and payroll details. And then, you know, the first one was definitely the hardest. It was, it was scary getting all set up and, and it seems like everyone will always psych you out about it, about having a payroll. But then once you get the first one under your belt, it's really easy to keep hiring. Cause you, you kind of get like the more, I mean, as long as sales are going well, the more people you hire, it's the more production hours and the more that you can go. So.
0: What are some of the biggest mistakes that you've made as leader of your team or in the hiring process?
1: I would say that, um, you know, it's really important to trust your instincts. A lot of times they give a couple more second chances and it just, it's a waste of time. It just kind of delays the the, the process of change. So I, I often remind myself to like when you have that little voice in your, your head to really listen to it because it, it's much better to listen to it the first time around than in hindsight. So I think, you know, listening to my instincts when I know things aren't aren't going the way that they should be. And then the other one is really paying attention to quality of life for my employees. There was a point four years ago where everyone on our team, like, you know, being a startup, everyone was willing to help, but they ended up just working too many hours. And because of that, I ended up losing a really good employee because they were just like, I'm sorry, I'm burnt out. So now just being really conscious of everyone. There's times when you do need to work extra to get the job done. But really the reason why people choose to work at a company and not have their own businesses so that they can have that work-life balance. So really just paying attention to employees' individual needs.
0: What kind of leader are you? Like what what is your management style?
1: I would say that I'm... I'm very open so you can always come talk to me and I'm I, I love to know everything about everything. So I w- I, I'm, I'm always open to give advice and always open to hearing other people's opinions. We're a company that is very collaborative so it's, it's great because everyone any decision that we make, it's a group of us that comes to that decision and we all feel good about it you know the downside to that is that we have a ton of meetings and you know everything is always constantly changing which sometimes can be stressful but i wouldn't change it i i really as i add more people to our company it really is so true that i am a leader but it's it's all of us that are making this work and every the more that you can include your team in the decisions that you make and the vision of where your company's going and what your goals are it just it makes it that much easier to to lead and, and get people going in the the direction that you want.
0: Now, you mentioned before about the idea as far as like, as long as sales are coming in, you know, payroll's not such a big deal to, to figure out. I want to focus on the sales aspect of your company. How do you acquire business and what are the most effective marketing strategies that you utilize to bring in clients?
1: We do a lot of networking going to different events, whether it's at the Chamber of Commerce or different associations and just meeting new people. So that has always been a big part of just being active in the community so that when people think of, oh, I'm looking for a new website, they remember IBEC. The other thing is working on um, our internal marketing. So we have a tip of the week that we send out every other week and basically it's just a tidbit about um, how to improve your website or digital marketing strategy. And there isn't any promo, it's just a, a small, short, actionable tip and that helps keep us top of mind for people that we don't see on a regular basis. But it's a lot of just word of mouth and and being out there. I think, you know, I have a challenge ahead of thinking as as I, I want to continue to grow the business is how I can increase our geographic reach to be more national because there's there's just so much opportunity now. So figuring out what's how networking is well worked well in the past and how I can kind of like scale that philosophy on a larger level.
0: Now because you're a website development and branding company and like you said, so many of the clients that come to you are really coming for website. Can you maybe give some advice on how you manage expectations? Because websites especially are really an entity that there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of project management. There's a lot of needing to clarify communication, making sure that this color was really the the color that they wanted. There's a there's a lot of moving parts and a lot and everyone has very high expectations and they expect their website to get done tomorrow for the most part. (laughs) So can you maybe give some advice or talk about your experience and how you have successfully managed your clients expectations and successfully delivered projects in a, a particular manner of time and just how maybe how you have made sure that your clients have a really great experience with you?
1: Yeah, that is that's my favorite topic. <laughs> when I talk about meetings, this is what we meet about a lot. Like anytime we have any customer feedback about our website process, we you know meet and figure out how we can make it better for the next time around. It's just so so important. You know, there's a lot of horror stories, and web, web development is challenging. I think some of the things that have been successful for us. One of them is we meet weekly with our clients throughout the process. So every week there, you know, we have our milestone for the meeting, but also action items so that each party knows who's responsible for what. And then the other thing that we do, we've started creating a detailed project requirements document. So as we've gotten larger, our websites have become more complex. And what we used to do was just send out a proposal, you know, after we learned about their needs and then we go through the process and launch their site. And what we found was that without having another step about halfway through the process where you, you take the high level proposal and then review all the decisions that you need to date, the detailed project requirements really unearth any gray area. So our clients know exactly what they're getting and then this document Goes right to the designers and developers, so they have their checklist of exactly how the website should work, and it just really leads to a smooth process, so that there aren't any surprises when they when they see their website for the first time after it's coded.
0: I, I want to stay on this topic of client management and client expectation, and making sure that because I think in the you know sort of in this consulting or project management type of a business, being able to make sure that your client has a wow experience as often as possible is paramount to your success. So what other things have you guys implemented that have really been able to have that wow experience? Is it, you know, your team members? Is it a certain way that you guys are meeting with your clients? Like, what are some of those other things?
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things that really amazes me is that when we get to the design phase of the website, there as far as I can remember, there's never been a time where someone said, you know, this really is a mess. Like we need to start from scratch. And we, one of the best testimonials I received recently was someone said, IBEC really took the time to learn our business. And this was for a company that does credit card processing and, you know, something that may seem boring, but like we really, really get into the nitty gritty of what your business plan is so that we can make sure that your website is set up to what your business goals are. So just that research up front and really digging into competitors and what their internal processes are leads to a design that's right on point and then a website that they, they feel is an accurate representation of their company.
0: Becky, what is your role in the company now? Like you mentioned in the very beginning, you were you know doing everything. So where do you spend your time now?
1: Well, a lot of it is working with my management team and helping make sure that we have kind of our SOPs in place and that we are we have different meetings throughout the month, like whether it's an IBEC marketing meeting or a new website process meeting or a digital marketing meeting, kind of participating in those, those conversations so that I can add my thoughts to them. I still do a lot of business development. We do have an accounts team now, but I think as the owner of the company, it's something I enjoy and it also, you know, is nice to for our client, our prospective clients to meet the owner of the company and for me to meet them too. And then my other roles are (laughs) finance and, um, HR. So it's still a lot of hats, but I'm enjoying it.
0: What have been some of, let's say your most lowest moments, like have you had in in your journey, you guys, you know, you launched in 2006 along this journey, you must have had some times when it was really low for you. Can you kind of talk about that time and what it took for you to really push through?
1: Yeah, it's funny to think about it over the years, too, because, like, I think in the beginning, like, probably some of my low moments was when I was trying to figure out through Google how to code something, like, because I just couldn't get it to work and spending all weekend trying to find this bug in my code and, you know, just feeling so defeated. So, you know, there are times like that, that I just, you know, had to be persistent. Eventually, I got the bug out, but you can't give up. And then when I had my daughter, this was about two and a half years ago, I, one of my developers left like the week, two weeks before I had her. And then another developer left two weeks after. Oh, my gosh. I was just like, oh, I don't want to deal with this right now. But it worked out. And I brought my daughter Piper in to work with me as my kind of partner in crime for the first four or five months and it all works out at the end. You just got to stay positive and just know that, you know, there are ebbs and flows and it will, it will come back around.
0: Have you read any books along the way that have really helped you along your business journey, whether they're personal books or, or uh, business books?
1: Yeah. The um, book series that I'm really into right now is by Ari Eisenberg. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce his last name, but um, he's an entrepreneur and he has this amazing company where they do all sorts of specialty foods. And he's written um, a series of books called The, Lack- the Lapsed Anarchist Approach to, one example is building a great business. And, you know, even though his business is so different than web design, he is truly a great leader and really understands. Culture and how to motivate a team to reach your goals. And I actually, just met him in person a couple of weeks ago. And I just, I feel like I finally have found uh, a writer and a business owner that really gets what it means to have a business that's fun. Having a fun business is not necessarily about pushballs balls around the office, it's just being really into what you, you're doing and feeling like you have control of success in the future and that you know you're a united force.
0: Hmm. I really love that. I'm going to quote that for you. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do outside of work? Like what other hobbies do you have that really help you keep well-rounded?
1: Gosh well I love going to the beach. Oh one tip that I have that I have always stuck with for most of with a few exceptions is that I don't work on the weekends and you know, I'll check emails but a lot of people that I know that are in building a business mode or maybe they have a business that's up and running um, spend a lot of time working on the weekends and I've made a point to make sure that that's my time when I focus on being with my husband and being with my daughter and just kind of separating work so that I have more to life than, than IbeC but we, we love to go to the beach and go skiing and You know, just do simple things as a family, being outdoors.
0: And what do you do to kind of keep thinking on top of your business and to keep on sort of bringing in these ideas on how you can be strategic about your business? What do you do actively to make sure you're staying sharp?
1: Well, I definitely read a lot of books. I've listened to a ton of podcasts. One thing that I (laughs) definitely, yeah, I mean, it's amazing how much time you have riding in the car I didn't realize it until I started listening to audible and different podcasts that you, you just consume so much more it's amazing but I also do 90-day planning so instead of like in the beginning where I wrote my whole business plan for my company now every 90 days I take a half day and I plan out the the top 10 priorities that I want to accomplish for the next 90 days and then Kind of check in my, with myself every couple of weeks to make sure I'm getting one of those initiatives done, and that's been that's been helpful to like keep me focused on making new goals and like keep thinking about what's next.
0: Becky, I really want to conclude this conversation by asking you, what is your vision for iBet Creative, and what are you really excited about that's coming up for you?
1: Yeah, our vision really actually already inspired me to do this he's this great exercise where you take 30 minutes and you don't stop writing and you write what you want your company to be like in five years. And I did that this summer and really has totally inspired me for thinking about the future. But you know, it has a lot when I think back about that vision, it just has a lot to do with happiness and happiness for myself and my employees and our clients. One thing that I learned was that I take care of my employees and my employees take care of my clients and then my clients take care of the business, which takes care of me. So it's just this like circle of giving and making sure that that people are happy. I don't feel a lot of pressure to like double or triple the size of my company. I just want to keep that in check that we're all feeling good about where we're going and that our clients are really happy. Because I mean, I even think that if you just have happy clients, you don't even need to do advertising or marketing because they should be your your raving fans that are helping your business grow.
0: I love that. Becky, I really can't thank you enough for coming on the Business Women Rock podcast and sharing your story and really sharing so many very real tools and strategies and, you know, ways that you have implemented that actually help your business run and help your business grow. Thank you so much for sharing all that stuff with us and for being so honest. I really, really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Katie. This was really fun. You can get the show notes for today's show at bizwomenrock.com forward slash 44. I'm laughing to myself because I just had to like retake that thing 80 times. (laughs) Anyway, one of my biggest takeaways from Becky was just how she was very practical. I hope you got a lot of really good practical things to do. I loved her 90-day plan. Like, here's my 90-day plan, and then she breaks it up by week and and just kind of mile markers herself. And she had so many other just like real, here's how we actually do everything kind of hands-on tips, which I really admired, and I was so appreciative that she shared with us, so... If something that Becky said today struck you, and you know it's really pertinent to your business, or you really took something from it that you can now implement in your business, I would love to hear about it. Just um, let us know in the BWR Connect in our private Facebook group. And if you're not yet a member, go become a member. Just go to bizwomenrock.com in order to do that, and uh, and share your takeaway on uh, in the group. I would love to hear it. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you on the next show you still there one of these days i'm gonna have like an outtake show because omg there are so many mistakes i make here and i just laugh to myself by myself in my studio it's quite hilarious so stay tuned